Hi, gang. It's me again, your wonderful little host, Johnny Waters, and you're listening to the one podcast where you are the smartest people in the room. Um, and, of course, I'm here to once again read you another couple chapters from the Bible and have my reactions immediately as I read them. Uh, it's good fun, right? Wonderful. Um, first and foremost, I want to thank a whole bunch of you for for uh, liking and commenting on uh, some of my stuff on, on the SoundCloud. Really appreciate that. Hope it continues. Um, I don't know how many of you are sending off stuff onto the iTunes, but I'm assuming some of you listened because some of my stats went up last week, and that was really awesome. So I hope that trend continues because, you know, reaching more people. And I'm reaching people like in Ireland and Switzerland and things, which is crazy cool to me. And I hope that continues. Hello across the pond, etc. Um... Yeah, what else is new? So let's see. Um, settling in uh, here. Uh, might become a permanent employee where I'm at, uh, which means that uh, I get a couple extra bucks and, uh, you know, benefits. So that'll be nice. And I'm considering, you know, maybe working there till I can retire because it's a stupid easy job and it pays the bills. So, you know, whatever. Um, we'll move from there. Anyway, uh, I don't know. That's about it. That's that's about all that's new, I think. Um, it snowed. It sucks. But it's rainy here in the grand old Idaho. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm done talking about myself. But now let's get mad at the Bible. What do you think? Yeah? I think we should. Let's do that. Okay. So last we left off, uh, we have Moses and many, 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 many people wandering through the desert for 40 years, and uh, the dew in the morning becomes manna, which is essentially the bread of God, etc., and um, that pretty much keeps them alive, I suppose, for wandering for 40 years to get back to a place that took um, Joshua, or whoever, and even Joseph, not terribly long to get there. It certainly didn't take them 40 years, um, so... There was definitely some exploring and maybe some town making and, I don't know, a bunch of stuff. Okay, so, Exodus chapter 20, uh, excuse me, 17. Ah, jumping ahead. We are almost halfway, I think, through Exodus. We're almost halfway. Um, after the next one, I think we'll be uh, halfway through this one, so then we'll be moving on to, uh, from what I understand, the unfun chapters of the Bible, and uh, we'll see how those go. Okay. All right, um, so, 17. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, after their journeys, according to the commandments of the Lord, and pitched uh, in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Okay, so, yeah, I forgot about, like, we settled in the land of sin, which was not a good place, I'm assuming, to ever set up shop. Um... But looks like they made it through that, but now they're in this land where there is no water. At least the land of sin had water, and, or maybe it didn't, and, but didn't have food or something. It, didn't ha it wasn't a good place, ultimately. Um, okay, so, no water. Uh, wherefore the people did shide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why shide ye with me? Wherefore do you tempt the Lord? Hmm. I mean, for, for starters, I mean, for 40 years you've been wandering and now you run out of water, you go to a place that doesn't have water, it seems like poor planning. Or you drink up all the water. I mean, 600,000 plus people, and with people being 
probably born and dying on said trip. There's a lot of new faces, a lot of new bodies, and a lot more mouths to feed than, you know, just the, I'm assuming, you know, let's, let's just assume children, males, and animals, and so on, number over 200,000. You know, that's, that seems fair, right? With animals, everybody having, you know, a goat or so on. But this thing, it seems very much, and, you know, I don't imagine, uh, it, it sounds very much like you're chiding me, and therefore chiding God, is what Moses is getting to. Quit yelling at me for stuff I can't control, because when you yell at me, you yell at God. Which is kind of back and forth on that one. Um, and the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? I imagine a good chunk of the people who left Egypt with Moses are on their way to death already. I mean, the youngest it, that would probably even remember it is probably in the 45 range, you know? And the oldest we can only assume, you know, with how people age in this damn book, I have no idea what the oldest would be. But um, now you complain, you know, especially bringing up Egypt after 40 years. It's kind of ancient history at this point. Uh, and Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, what shall I do unto this, uh, unto this people? They are almost ready to stone me. Fair. I mean, you know, you got people who are who are becoming dehydrated out in the middle of the fucking desert. You need people uh, to have water. And uh, obviously the GPS to get back to Canaan is fucking busted. So help, you know. So he asks God for help. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people and take with thee the elders of Israel and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thine hand and go. Oh, smote as in like the uh, the river in Egypt to make it bloody. All right, take the old guys and with your stick. Okay, behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock of in Horeb, and uh, thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders in Israel. Okay, this smite the rock, water, and he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah because of the chiding of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Uh, and then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rufidim. Okay. So he makes the rock, uh, he cracks the rock and water flows from it, uh, and then comes this Amalek guy, and fought with Israel in... So he's fighting with the people of Israel, I'm imagining? This Amalek fucker? Okay, and Moses said to Joshua, I'm assuming a different one, choose us, out, choose us out men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with a rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua, being the cool new character that we've now introduced, did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur... H-U-R, whoever her was, went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. All right, so keep that hand raised there, dude. 
Keep it up. Keep that stick up, you skinny bastard. But Moses' hands were heavy, because he's a skinny bastard, I imagine. And they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Okay. That's a... That's a long time to be holding up stuff, you know. And it makes sense. I mean, at first it sounds like, eh, he just, he puts it up there and like, eh, this, this stick is heavy. But no, if you're holding it up there all day, you know, you're going to want to sit and you want to be kind of comfortable and you got two guys just kind of holding your arms up and making sure that this fight is happening. But the fight lasts, assumingly, all day, which that must be really taxing for uh, Joshua and Amalek. I mean, they must be nearly dead. Uh, and Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Discomfited. That's a very PR way to probably say that he just ran him through. Okay, so there was this big fight. Ting, 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 oh fuck. And the only way that actually Joshua would have probably won that fight is with the help of God. Or at least with the help of like, if I raise my stick in the air and wave it around most unsexily, uh, Joshua would win. I imagine it's just a distraction device, but still, hmm. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Oh. Oh, ugh. okay. So 1714 is pretty much like, hey, you better write this down, because uh, I'm going to erase this Amalek fucker from existence. And we have really no... Amalek just shows up, whoever this guy is. Is he a bandit? Is he just a religious bad guy who just shows up out of nowhere? Is he secretly Satan? Is he... Who knows? Uh, but whatever. Like, you should write this down because I'm going to wipe it like, you know, the Men in Black movie uh, eventually thing. Makes I guess it makes sense, but why erase it? What's his point? For For that, I mean, why would you not erase Egypt or... Or Pharaoh from from memory. And maybe they did. Maybe entirely. I doubt it, but, you know, I didn't know Amalek existed, and apparently in this book he does. He does exist. Um, hmm. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Nisi. Kalisi. Jevisi. Uh, for he said, Because the Lord hath sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Aha! Okay. Um, so, I mean, discomfited, as we as I looked at before, it's probably not murder, but he, probably, he just probably defeated him. But it seems to me that uh, we're going to have ourselves a fight on our hands. Whoever Amalek was, which I don't really remember, now the, the people of Israel, or Joshua and Joseph and Abraham and all them, now have a rival in Amalek, this assuming other group dynamic guy who showed up and went, hey, fuck off, and that's how that went. Okay, good. You know, now we have a new rival. Now we have a new bad guy to run with. All right, I'm in. I'm, I'm down for that because we always need new enemies, right? Always need some new villain to 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 go against our main good guys. I mean, look at Walking Dead, for instance. They have new enemies like every every season, and he just gets worse and worse as it goes. The more fucked up people are, you know, and they're just enough fucked up in some of the early seasons just to warrant murder and things. 
until it comes to a point of like, oh no, this is this is bad. It, this bad people, bad people all around. So here we are. Okay, Exodus chapter eighteen. When Jethro, the priest of Midian, is that guy still alive? Huh. Moses' father-in-law heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, and that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back, and her two sons, of which the name of one was Gershom, uh, for he said, I have been an alien in a strange land. Uh, We're getting that stranger in a strange land thing, but an alien in a strange land. And the name of the other was Eliezer. 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 For the God of my father, said he, was mine help, and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Okay, good. Also, wouldn't they have run into Jethro like a really long time ago? And Zipporah, I'm assuming, wandered with her husband at some point for 40 years. Otherwise, she's just wandering, just going, where the fuck did he go? You know? Uh, God, people just forget things really easily. (sighs) Okay. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife unto Moses into the wilderness, where he encamped at the mount of God. And he said unto Moses, I, thy father-in-law Jethro, am come unto thee, and thy wife and her two sons with her. It only took forty years. I mean, imagine they're just, oh, God's doing a lot for them. So they went to the Red Sea. The bunch of people were not there. They went over to some other place. They tried to follow the large tracks. Apparently, these people are on the move constantly, it seems, you know, which is kind of cool, right? Um, But, you know, Jethro not being able to find a massive horde of people, 600,000 people strong, or 200,000 persons and beasts strong, that's uh, that. That just shows poor tracking on everyone's account, right? Right. But maybe I have to suspend my disbelief. Oh, they saw that this was happening. Ha da 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 da, and forget the forty-year thing, which is hard for me to forget because people are gonna look a lot older. It'd be like, "Hello, honey. I met you when you were." 16, and we wandered for 40 years. Now you're 56. You've changed. So have I. And your father's nearly dead. And my children, my God, they're actually adults. You know. And Moses went out to meet uh, his father-in-law and did obeisance and kissed him. And they asked each other of, uh, of their welfare. And they came into the tent, and Moses told his father-in-law that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake, and all the travail that came upon them by the way, and how the Lord delivered them. Okay, so maybe this one's just a little disjointed, it's starting to sound. Maybe this one was just like, we passed the Red Sea, Jethro was there, and oh, hello. But with the order of things or how they're going, it doesn't really seem that way. And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered at the hands of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who hath delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, who hath delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Yeah, it was, it's a good time. Yeah, we're, <laughs> yay God. 
Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods, for in the thing wherein they dealt proudly he was above them. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God. And Aaron came, and all the elders of Israel, to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. Yeah, we had a little little feasting. Good fun. Good times. I like it. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses... <coughs> Whoa. You ever get that? You talk a bit, and all of a sudden, just something like some little bit of spit or something just jumps into your throat and makes it really terrible? Yeah, that's not part of the Bible. That's just what's happened to me. Um... And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from the morning until the evening. <sighs> okay. We're going to judge you. Uh, what, uh, oh, oh, what happens if we're not... What? What happens if we're good? Oh, good. What happens if we're bad? I don't know yet. Um... And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from morning unto even? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come unto me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, uh, they come unto me, and I judge between one and another, and I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. All right, I guess that makes sense. I mean, you can't really move the horde if the horde's really not moving. So it's probably what kept them sitting there for 40 years um, to, you know, whatever. So they're having people come up being like, so how do the God, what? How does the God work? Do you, can you touch him? What are his laws? Does he like the color green? Stuff like that. Um, cool. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Well, I mean, you're sitting in the desert for day to night. You know, you might just want to do like a traveling fair sort of thing. That will surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now unto my voice. I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to Godward, uh, that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. And thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt shew them the way wherein they must walk and the work that they must do. All right, so it seems like Jethro's the one being like, okay, you know what you need to do instead of just wandering and sitting and trying to chat? You need to start making a town, man. You need to start making some laws and, and virtues and start really setting up camp, man, setting up a real place, a real, real live uh, civilization for, for all the Hebrew folk. And I'm going to sit with you and help you out, and I'll try to be as godly as I can, but God may or may not be talking to me. So uh, we'll go from there. Um, Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetedness, and place uh, such over them, to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. Okay, so breaking up the hierarchy. That makes sense, right? You have your CEOs, you have your, your underbosses, you have your managers, you have your supervisors, and you have your peons, and you have uh, probably where I sit, you know. Um, and let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter 
they shall bring unto thee, but every small matter they shall judge. So shall it be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. All right, fair enough. Makes sense. We're starting a hierarchy of a kingdom of things. Uh, you can't handle every issue. So some of the smaller things, much like the Game of Thrones, the small council, we have to have people handle small matters. My lord, I cut my toe. Should I bring this to Moses? I don't think we should. He shouldn't be bothered with this. I'll handle it. Let's just do this. Okay, done. And then he gets one less thing. But if we have someone go like, we have someone in the camp who's just murdering people, then, you know, that probably brings its attention much higher up the ranks. Um, if thou shalt do this thing, and God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure, and all this people shall also go to their place in peace. Yeah, they, you're giving jobs, man. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law, and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel, and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. Okay. And they judged the people at all seasons, the hard causes they brought unto Moses, but every small matter they judged themselves. And Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went his way into his own land. Oh, I thought Jethro was going to be sticking around, but I guess he's like, here's my bit of counsel. Now I'm out. See you around, buddy. Toodaloo. Have fun. All right. So he's letting his own people make decisions, uh, trusting them to, to, uh, to do their own thing. That's all right, right? There's no real repercussions. He's setting up, you know, the usual law-abiding ways of stuff, right? Like, that's what he's doing. And that's a good thing. Um, so what did we learn? Uh, always hold your stick up high, especially when your friend is fighting. And if you can, organize your life. Even if you have 600,000 men to deal with, with all the baggage that they carry with them, and especially in this time and age, um, it can be done. Uh, so deliberation is a good thing. Uh, not deliberation. Um, well, you know, like a, um, deliberating tasks, like setting tasks on other people that you can... You can give them off to. That's a good thing, right? That's a handy-dandy little uh, thing to hand off to people, I think, at least. So, yeah, awesome. Well, I think that's it for me. So, if you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, if you feel like emailing me, sending me a line, saying I'm doing a good job, doing whatever, maybe sending me some hate mail and some nice red lettering, you can send that off to according to stupid at gmail.com. I also have still some codes to give out for that wonderful book, Blood Walker, that has just come out. Uh, could certainly use some reviews on that if you are interested in audiobooks, if you got a job that you do for that, or if you're bored on an evening that you don't have to listen to the gospel according to stupid, by all means, you can send me a line, and I'll be more than happy to send you instructions on how to get a free book. It's a free book, man. You can just take it and have it forever. It's a good thing. Um, you can find me on the Twitter at accord to stupid. I need to post there more often, and I know that. And I'm I'm working on it, but it's it's a very busy life that I lead, and it's very hard for me to get a lot of the projects done that uh, I I need to get done. <sighs> yeah. So yeah, all right, that's that. Uh, love you big. I'm so glad you listened, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing you later on this week. Uh, and this was a really short chapter too. All right, thanks guys. You rock. Toodaloo. Goodbye.
Holy fuck a duck. You know what you need to do? Go to www.bensound.com for all your music needs. Don't take it from me. Take it from him. Check out your w- the website there, and it will be amazing. It'll blow your mind.